0: This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun.
1: Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, happy Friday. Oh, the things that are coming your way. I do want to say we did not have a video that dropped yesterday on our original channel because it is coming Sunday because we literally bought the new car for the fleet this week and we've needed to shoot it this week to reveal it to you on Sunday. So that is coming Sunday. I'm very excited to share that video with you because yes, we've had the 86 leave the fleet. My 300 ZX is going to leave the fleet but something has come in.
0: There's turnover, I'm so excited to reveal. It's, it's really cool, it's yes. gonna be very fun. So yeah. main channel on Sunday.
1: Yep, original channel on Sunday, yep. it's gonna be very cool. There will still be test drives on Sunday, we're still doing POV drives on Wednesdays, all that is continuing to happen. We also have a backlog of older POV point of view videos that we shot in the, in the dead of winter. And we have some of those we need to get out. So those some of those are coming out on Fridays as well. So actually today there is a, a POV video of the WRX dropping on the Test Drive channel. So if you haven't watched that here on Friday, that is out. Lots of stuff going on. We are traveling over the next few weeks quite a bit because we have many, many, many cars to shoot. And Crazy. then we go to Germany the first week of June. And Crazy. then many of you join us like, the third week of of June to do the
0: Utah meetup and madness continues. There's so much good stuff coming. Well, look ahead on your calendar from this recording up to podcast 800, which is coming soon. That is a live stream on our test drive channel. Monday, May 15th for a release on Tuesday, May 16th, 2023 as podcast 800. So this will be all the car questions that are on your mind. All questions all the time. Bring that and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on the live stream. Ask your questions. 800 episodes of the main episodes, not including the test drive episodes as well. You're right. Also, the Acura Integra Type S pricing has been announced. Mm-hmm. Not cheap. At $50,000. <laughs> Actually, $50,800. But then you have to add the $1,195 destination charge.
1: Is that like a, is that one of those that there is no other way they make it? Is it like the Golf R where there isn't things to add to it? Will that be the only price? Or can you then add on stuff?
0: You know, I haven't dug in enough to it, but a $52,000 car. Mm-hmm. $52,000 Integra. Just to
1: start. Yep. Welcome to your Integra Type S, fifty-two grand. Here's the really That's crazy thing. That's a lot thing, of though. bones. It's a lot of money. In fact, it's enough money that you now are looking at lots of other things. Theoretically, though, at $52,000, you could buy one cheaper than a Civic Type R because of markups on the Type R.
0: And you could get more horsepower.
1: Slightly. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. The Type R will probably be the more fun to drive because the Acura is trying to be a little bit nicer, but it has a lot more content in it. that You can look around the Type R and go, where are my heated seats?
0: Where are my luxury items? They don't exist.
1: True. True. And then you probably—and it's horrifying—you probably paid at least a ten grand markup, maybe twenty, to get a Type R. And here's the Integra that will probably be sold for close to list. I would bet you it's going to get a lot closer than the Type R will. So this fifty thousand dollar Integra Type S, that's still only front wheel drive, by the way, is fifty plus thousand dollars, which is—I mean—used M twos. You're talking a lot of cars.
0: Used Caymans. Used nine elevens. Uh huh. All kinds of fun cars to be considered at a that price. Gr86
1: with money left over, a two-liter Supra with money left <laughs> yeah. over. you can almost get yourself a new three-liter Supra. You could get a used three-liter Supra. I'm just I'm riffing here. There's You'd a be an lot automatic, of cars. But still, yeah, There's a lot of cars out there.
0: I like the styling of this Type S. It is cool. Like what they've done, and I, I do like that they've brought the Integra nameplate back. I mean, mm-hmm. they started with just the straight-up Integra, so they brought the Type S back. Well done, Acura. Well done, Honda. It really seems like they're bringing cars for enthusiasts, and I do like that. But it's not entry-level kinds of prices anymore. It's not, That's just it. Whatever car you're looking for, and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listing sites online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, not just your local area. Plus, you can now get email
1: alerts for your search, so you're sure to never miss a thing. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all of our test drive videos.
0: We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. When you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the next family car, or just browsing so you can see what's available, go to autotempest.com everyday so they know we sent you auto tempest all the cars one search we've got good debates for you today yeah we do first from sean p sean is in mississippi and he's been listening the past six months and he's tried to catch (laughs) up as much on the podcast as he can and he says thank you for bringing the drugs to the drugged addict in that time (laughs) you're right we are
1: your dealer that's right we are dealing out the car (laughs) car drugs right here for sure
0: well sean needs help deciding on his next car or what should he do with his current cars? He's originally from California, grew up driving up and down the coast in mm. a 1976 Mercedes-Benz 450 SL and a Ooh. 99 BMW 323i from high school through veterinary school. Driving anything up and down the California coast is a score.
1: Those cars probably made it a little Growing better. Growing up doing that? Yes, for sure. Yes. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Well, he's going to preface next sentences with, I'm a veterinarian. <laughs>
1: It's about to get weird. That, that it, way, it It's won't about to get weird. It's so yeah. strange.
0: During school, he came to the realization he needed a vehicle that had more utility than that 323i when he found himself transporting two dead sea lions with the seats down. So <laughs> was all for a teaching lab. It was for lab. Can you imagine the
1: stench of two dead sea lions in the I, back I really of your BMW?
0: I'm not sure that I can. They're
1: share- you have the back seat down. You're sharing cabin space with two seal corpses.
0: I'll take the slosh turducken juice into the carpet. It does I'll take change that.
1: things, doesn't it? Yeah, curry spilled in the carpets I'll is fine take now. That yeah, for sure. Of the
0: dead sea lions. Well, other various dead and alive animals would be transported in that car and even helped him move across the country to Illinois and Florida. Does that mean all your clothes smell like Dead Sea Lions? when <laughs> Maybe. You get to, anyway. Possibly, yeah. So after 220,000 miles, 16 years, and letting a single Illinois winner scrub the BMW after all the years in sunny California. <laughs> <laughs> Car was like, what is this now? What is going on? <laughs> he finally got a real job, purchased a 2015 Forerunner runner SR5 four-wheel drive. Okay. So it's helped him move back to Illinois and Louisiana, and now he's in Mississippi. It's hauled adult alligators multiple times. It's hauled sizable tortoises and okay. other various creatures, right. including his dogs. I wonder what his dogs would think when they get in and like start to smell around the back of the car. I had the exact same thought. What when, happens? When you, when, okay, seriously. I, I
1: have to ask this question, Sean. When you have just had an alligator in your car. I had an
0: alligator. Earlier my, this week. Who says that, Sean? Yeah, I had an
1: alligator in my car earlier. Oh, that was Monday. And then on Tuesday, you take your dogs for a walk. How much are they freaking out about the smell of your car? Like, Dad,
0: what was in here? Yeah. Well, he says he's towed trailers. It's allowed him to go off-road. But the only problems he's had experienced have been an alternator, and then the whole four-wheel drive system failed. After spending $2,000 to fix what Toyota told him what he needed to be fixed to get that four-wheel drive running, He says, forget it. He's just fine running without the four-wheel drive system. (laughs) He did what they thought it was, and then they went, yeah, also you need differentials. He went, I'm stopping. We're not doing anymore. Well, he's currently at 215,000 miles, and he knows it'll go to 300 without a doubt. Sure. So he started looking for cars to replace the 4Runner as his daily, or at least offload the miles onto something else, a little more economical and more fun to drive. Okay. Right now, his drive to his regular job is about 20 minutes, but one day a week, he's driving 320 miles round trip for this second job. Okay, all right. The job that funds his bad habits. (laughs) Okay, all right. He occasionally drives all across the panhandle for research and other work opportunities. So in November, he purchased a 2010 328i for five grand with 100,000 miles, hoping he could get another 60 on it. Went back to BMW. But it's clear that he was missing what Mm. a car was like that was fun, it could handle, and that 110 miles an hour felt like 80. Don't worry, he says, the BMW wasn't a complete steal. He had to dump money into it to make it good. (laughs) Of course you did, yeah. But it's taken a load off the Furrunner and, you know, not hauling the occasional Sea Turtle or Home Depot run. (laughs) So the addiction continues to eat at him. And right now he's been test driving Porsche Caymans. He's always yearned for a Porsche, originally a Boxster, he says, and then the 911 because they were everywhere in Orange County, California. Yeah, they were. The 987, he barely fits in. He's six foot two. That's interesting. interesting. I'm surprised by I, that. I fit just fine. Yeah, he says he's had, six three. he finds
1: the pedal box too small for him and his legs are kind of around the steering mm. wheel. He's asking if we had the issue. No, we fit really well in
0: that the car. The 987 is great. I really enjoyed mine. Mm-hmm. I like the 981. I think they have more space than you think. I think that's the, the magic The 987
1: of is the smallest of the three. It's certainly small, sure. smaller yeah, yeah. herb. Yeah.
0: I, I never had an issue. I kind of liked that car hugging me. I, I sort of liked that yeah, feel. He said so. he prefers
1: the 981 and 718 as far as the sizing is concerned, but he hates the sound of the 718, so that one won't be happening. So maybe a 981, he doesn't know, but he says he's also thought about, wait a minute, uh-oh, it's the California disease. What about an older 9-11? That'd be cool. Then he says, the end of Top Gun, he was completely distracted, not by the P-51 Mustang or the fact that you watch a cool movie. He was distracted by the silver 9-11. Now, by,
0: I note. was too. It looked great outside the it bar.
1: Side note, the admiral's daughter there, where's her money come from? She owns a bar that is entirely peopled by service members who probably aren't great tippers and probably don't pay her a ton of money, even though they probably do drink a lot. But she has that pristine... 9-11, and a sailboat, and a house near the water. Where does her money come from? That 9-11 is probably worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. Easy.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't I really, really know.
1: I mean, it's Hollywood. I mean, I understand. She Me, does I have mean, a nice lifestyle. On, on the same category, I will also acknowledge that Maverick is a guy that's never risen above the rank of Captain and somehow owns a P-51 Mustang. That's not happening either, by the way. Yeah, Those true. are wildly expensive. <laughs> Just to Tom, keep them running. By the way, Tom Cruise happens to own that P-51 that was Mustang, his which is why airplane. it's in the movie, but it, it plays well with the character. But Although she
0: was the Penny that when they were in the first, oh, yeah, in movie, the first movie, that Pe- they referenced Buzzing the Tower, <laughs> <Penny> right? Benjamin. <laughs> and Goose leans over and is like... Goose has to remind him. That's, that's exactly right. the connection. That's the whole connection. It's that a, was fantastic. It's a
1: throwaway line in Maverick.
0: But they picked but up the on it. the minute
1: that they throw that line away, if you're paying attention, there's instant backstory as to who she is.
0: That's so fantastic. Which is hysterical, but I
1: did I did the minute I saw she ran the bar and then she walked out to the 9/11 I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. I understand
0: the sailboat. I
1: understand Dad was an admiral. I get it. But some money dropped somewhere." Anyway. So he has to yeah. throw down the P51 Sorry.
0: and take it for a ride. He again. does, for
1: sure, which is which I will say Trump's 9/11, unless of course you are a friend Sean when the 9/11 was really all he cared about. So now he's eyeing the old 9/11's they way beyond your budget. But anyway, he said he's toying <laughs> with the idea of a C6 uh, Corvette or maybe an old Mercedes SL. Remember, he has Mercedes in his past. Or wait a minute. I don't think anybody's ever said this. A Cadillac XLR has always intrigued him. Really? So maybe one of those. It could be a daily driver. It could be just a fun car. He's not going to track it. It's going to be long drives, windy roads, that kind of thing. The forerunner could stay. That's scenario one. Sell the BMW. Remember the older BMW that's not as great as you'd like it to be. Replace with a sports car. Scenario two, keep the Forerunner and the BMW and purchase a new sports car. Scenario three, sell, sell all of the above. The Forerunner and the BMW both go, purchase a new sports car, and consider a pickup or wait for a new Forerunner. His budget is $45,000. That's a Paul limiter, by the way.
0: It is the Paul limiter. All right. I'm did you blow on it, it anyway? I didn't. <laughs> okay, I actually right. stayed within your budget, Sean. And he did send a photo of a recent patient of his. It is a beaver with the BMW logo on its nose. He <laughs> photoshopped that BMW <laughs> logo right in there. And, and the teeth are terrifying. They really lifted are. its yeah. lips up and it's, it's awful. Anyway, I see... I'm looking at your scenarios. And I know that... You're right. You can keep that forerunner mm-hmm. and get more miles out of it, even though I don't love it when a car isn't operating at spec how it was designed. I, I know sure. you can keep limping along without the four-wheel drive, and you're, you're probably fine without it. Yep. The problem is spending money on a high-mileage vehicle like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the slight other hand, with the way the car market is right now, there is a slight following for those particular forerunners. True. There might be somebody who would be willing to pay more than you think. I'm not saying Mm. suddenly this Mm. is, you know, it's not roadshow antiques. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's worth what? Faint. Plop. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite that. Yeah. It's not that level. But I'm saying maybe somebody, a real forerunner Mm. enthusiast. You're just looking at it as, yeah, I like it. It transports the dead or alive animals when I need it crazy too.
1: animal menagerie that happens in the back sorry of about car. the
0: sea lion juice yeah, in the exactly. back <laughs> just rinse that out I guess or <laughs> use some baking soda or something to take the somebody looking at the forerunner and says to Sean what happened here funny story sorry about the oil slick from the sea lion I, I think you're looking at the next vehicle sort of like that as that will still be the do-it-all, but you want to commute in good weather and have fun in the sports car that we're looking for for you. So mm-hmm. I'm fine if you let this BMW go, this 2010 328i. Mm-hmm. It's costing you money. And again, that you might be able to get a little bit more than you think, but even if you got what you put into it, you sell it for six, seven, eight thousand dollars 8000 somewhere in there. Fine. Okay, you know, yeah. It goes away. But I do think that you like the BMW, and as much as I do want to recommend Boxsters to you, or Caymans, especially Caymans, because I, I just love them. They're excellent mm-hmm. commute cars. I don't get the sense that you're wanting track purpose or no. anything more than just, I, I really love my car because it's just so fun to drive. Yeah, yeah, There's not really canyons or particular hard driving kinds of things that you're alluding to that you want to use this car for. It's just, hey, this is the fun car. Mm-hmm and i do like that you've got bmw in your past so right now i'm recommending that you keep the forerunner until you can replace that so step 1 is to replace this bmw mm-hmm. i'm replacing it with another one actually are you really okay uh-huh and then once you kind of get past this bmw and you start saving again to get the new forerunner or the new suv whatever that is it doesn't have to be new at that point. It can be maybe a, a newer one or some other mm-hmm. SUV with that rear cargo space that you that you know and love. So I am recommending an M2, the first M2. You and I recently talked about those yeah, not, long ago, yeah, yeah. not long ago and I went searching, of course, on autotempest.com and I found a 2017 M2 for $42,365. Awesome, like it. Only 28,000 miles. That's a find, I like that one. Found another one, 2018 M2 for 44 grand that had 41,000 miles up in Boise, Idaho. Like it. And then the list goes on. They're sure. All sure, right sure. in the early 40s right in your budget. Mm, that that's sweet great. spot for M2s. You love M2 or you love BMWs yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. That's the fun car. And I suppose I could say go Cayman. Sure. Mm-hmm. That would be an excellent
1: car. If you're going to talk yourself away from a Cayman. I'm hanging on right now.
0: <laughs> I'm waffling because of his uh his fitment. Sure, agreed. Agreed. And if He's turned off by that. Then I'll say, go to 981. I know you'll definitely fit in a 981 he says he can, that's a little yeah. bit bigger. Yeah. But to get the the one that I want you to have, we're going to blow up the budget a little mm-hmm. bit. So mm-hmm. I, I want to stay in something that is actually a car. It's got a trunk. You can commute in it, and it's a fun car. Mm-hmm. But it feels like a car. It's it's a, I mean, not that the Cayman isn't, but you Good know point. what I mean? This is it a little bit bigger, more yeah. substantial kind of thing. So I my recommendation is M2. M2 original those are right in your budget. That's great. And they're that's excellent. really good. And they're low mileage. Yeah. Commute, you're comfortable. Boy, you can take that on Canyon. You can track those things. They're designed to do that. It's essentially 10 years
1: newer than the BMWs he's had. It's significantly more powerful than what he's had. I like that a lot. That's really good, Sean. I do think that's very good. I am also having you keep the Forerunner, Sean, because I think, you know, you never know when you need to haul a seal. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just, that's, that's your life. Today is Alligator Day. Yeah, today's Uh, Alligator Day. I just, I I still want to know what the dogs think when they climb in after a crazy animal and they just think, what is going on there? Anyway, so we're keeping the forerunner because you just never know and you don't want to have to haul something crazy in this new thing you're going to get. Forty five grand gives you a lot of options. I'm going to circle back to the thing you said earlier and that is this this itch for a 9-11. We try to talk about this on this podcast. If somebody kind of mentions, I've always kind of wanted one of these and then they veer another way, (laughs) we kind of want to steer you back and be like, hello, have you seen this? Sure. You've got that 911 interest. And I do have to say for 45 grand, I went looking and this is the, the IMS era is what Mm -hmm. you can afford. Mm -hmm. That is late 996, 911s, early 997, 911s. Yeah. But there's a lot of them. Now they're also generally their base models. They're not S's. You can find some fours occasionally, but I found tons of 996s and tons of 997s for under 45 grand.
0: I will interject here real quick, Sean, and say that the IMS fix is 1400 bucks or thereabouts, and you can do it when you're getting a clutch job. Many people have yes. already done that on those cars, mm-hmm. and they specifically state it because it's a selling point. Agreed. People will buy, the, hey, IMS fix has been done, great, and if it hasn't, still buy the car if you like it, it's a good price and low miles, but the high miles shouldn't scare you off e- either, because the it's the cars that sit that had the problem. Agreed. I mean, there's
1: the the thing I did want to come around to, and you've already covered it better, Paul, and that is that the IMS thing, that is one of those terrible fears, all the cars are going to blow up, and it's mostly internet hype. It exists. It's a real thing. Don't it is. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but the chances of it happening are very small, and there is a known fix. So they're not like avoid-at-all-cost cars, which is kind of how the internet would like to look at them. So your 911 love is possible here. I do want to point that out. Paul brought up the 981 Cayman because I do think you'd fit in that that's viable. But again, that 911 has intrigued you. So would the 911 work? I have to at least put that out there. You want to drive a C6, you should drive the C6. But I also think, being careful on your shopping. You might be able to find a C7. And if you can, go C7. Either of those Corvettes, C6 or C7 Corvette, that is the 2000s-era Vets, and they're excellent, and definitely look at those. They're comfy putting the miles on, too. They are great. There's no question in my mind you're going to fit in a Corvette. Yeah. You're Yeah. You're going to fit with space left over. Now, the C7 improves in both interior quality and in seats, which is one of the reasons I want you to kind of reach for the C7 if you can find one. But C6 or C7 are both very, very fun. Every C6 I've ever driven, I've enjoyed Mm -hmm. Even if it wasn't like the perfect spec, like this is still a great car. My dad's, which is the exact wrong spec for you and I is still really fun to drive. Yeah. It's automatic. It's base. It has okay seats. It has the, the original nav system, which is terrible. And I don't care. It's still
0: a cool Corvette and an automatic. I've got a lot of power. It feels
1: good. So, so definitely drive those. I thought of the 370 Z. You have your choice. of those for less than 45. I think you're going to fit well. That's a car that has good space. I think you're going to fit pretty well on the 370.
0: Where are Nismos at? Because I would say if you're going 370, look for Nismo.
1: I I don't know that you're going to pull off a good Nismo for 45, but you have a lot of options in 370s. They've been around a long time, which means you have color options, manual or auto. A 370 is going to run. You don't see, at least we don't see a ton of them. We see them occasionally. We don't see a ton of them. I Mm -hmm. think the 370 shouldn't be overlooked. And then I did think, you know what? With $45,000, there are two essentially brand new cars you can take a serious look at. Okay. Two liter Supra. Yeah. Now the brand new ones may just break your budget, but the like I bought it and sold it because I realized I made a mistake. Cars, the cars with like 2000 miles on them. Those are 45. Yeah, that's this good. Two liter Supra, which is Two liter Supra is, is really fun. It's, it's, it's very, very fun. Now that's yes. automatic only, but I think you'd thoroughly enjoy that car. And then I have to say it because it's blinking over in the corner saying, notice me, notice me. GR 86. Yeah, sure. Hi. Sure. You can buy one of those and walk with money in your
0: pocket brand new one of those let's hope yeah well, yeah, yeah
1: let's, <laughs> let's hope no, don't buy a $45,000 GR86 <laughs> don't hope. do that no definitely not instead buy but,
0: a $50,000 Integra Type S well, there right? you go
1: but at 35 grand that car is fantastic and I think is really viable so I can't ignore it lots of options here Sean I think uh, drive homework is in order and you need to drive some nine 9-11s. Andrew's writing in from LA with one of my favorite emails in a while honestly because <laughs> I'm just reading his descent into madness through the course of this email.
0: <laughs> That's what we do. He's, he's saying, yeah. sorry,
1: he's apologizing for the ramblings. Trust me, people ramble much more than than you do. But he said, you know, um, he's an old car guy. He doesn't like new cars. And then he goes into like soliloquies and chapters and verse, and it keeps adding volumes about how much he likes old cars. His <laughs> current old car garage is the 1983 BMW E21, which is not the E30, it's the lesser. The 1997 Toyota T100 five speed pickup that is below the Tacoma. You have the 1979 BMW 528i four speed, so that is not necessarily the sought after BMW. And then his wife has a 2017 Fiat 500e that is perfect for her commuting around LA. But the key thing about the three cars he has are not only are they old, but he pointed out that he always buys the oddball. He didn't buy the E30. He didn't buy the Tacoma or 4Runner, and he didn't buy the 328 or E3 more desirable 5 Series. He buys the quirky one, the lesser. This is kind of interesting. And so he's had these, but he realizes, you know what? I now have three old vehicles.
0: (laughs) All with over 190,000 miles. Yes.
1: His wife (laughs) jokes that he has one airbag across three cars. Wow! Yeah. So he's realizing, you know, he's—I don't know if it's growing up, I don't know if it's being more mature, I don't know if it's just sheer exhaustion—but he's realizing I, I need to—I need to thin this fleet out. But what do I do about liking old cars so much?
0: He also says they're all unstable at ninety miles an hour or above. Yes, there's no speed, speeding <laughs> tickets there. Wow. Well, his eyes have wandered to the equivalent in the Alfa Romeo world of this car that this uh the BMWs that he's got yeah get rid to the E12 and getting a the, Berlina the, the e12 which is again
1: not the GTV Looking at
0: the Berlina uh-huh it's got the same drivetrain with similar weight and wheelbase looks stunning you think it does I I
1: agree with you I think the gtv is spectacular and I think the Berlina is like oh it's a it's Berlina's, an older
0: it's an older alpha it's an older Italian car <laughs> but okay do eat your own I get it other cars in his list are the Lotus 7, okay. Lotus Europa, and okay. other fun, lightweight cars that used to be available at around $20,000. This is the trick. He's always bought old cars because they're
1: quirky and fun and he can get them for cheap and he's realizing all the old cars he wants now are around thirty grand. and he's going, wait a minute. If I'm going to spend
0: $30,000, shouldn't I buy new? Which honestly, man, that is a great question. Did you notice this 1983 E21 BMW that he has, this forever car? Mm-hmm, yeah. I guess that means it's not going away? That's your forever that one's car? That staying. He, the, the others you say are it's in it's currently play. getting professionally restored with a slight button bump in power to the S52 powertrain? Yes. Mm-hmm. That means you're putting money into that one.
1: Uh, uh, probably a genuinely large it's amount. It's
0: getting restored, so it's not yes. currently being driven yes. by you so you so got that the, that is the forever
1: that clearly is not I. there's no chance it's on the chopping block but the 528 i that's 1979 bmw is going away and i think the truck could we could convince him but he says it's his rock and the best vehicle he'll ever own it has all the interior amenities i could ever want by the way 97 is what we're talking about and since that's just runs and it's his daily driver it's probably going to stay but Again, these are old cars and all of the other old cars he's eyeing are thirty
0: grand or more. He doesn't want another BMW sedan. Too comfortable of a choice. He doesn't need the practicality of a hatchback or a four-door. <laughs> Did you see why? The truck Be- has
1: <laughs> six seat belts. Look up all of you listening, look up the Toyota T one hundred pickup. It's not large. But his point is, it has six seatbelts, so his practicality is satiated. Well, okay. I love it. It's so good.
0: Well, he's narrowed his criteria to a dedicated platform. Less than 3,000 pounds in weight. Okay. Less than $35,000, and he used significant figures, so I can't round up. (laughs) Darn it.
1: (laughs) You've listened before, Andrew. Good job. All right. The
0: obvious comparisons come down to a 986 or a 987.
1: The Boxster Cayman, yeah.
0: A Miata. Or the BRZ platform, Gen 1 or Gen 2, GT86 or uh, GR86. He knows that no matter how well-kept, the Cayman and Boxster will inevitably end up in the shop. And I saw that sentence and I thought, wait a minute. Yeah, I hear you on that. You have a car in the shop. Uh Uh-huh. And you're looking at Alpha Berlina's. Yeah. There's no chance that won't end up in the shop or end up in your shop, you working on it. So to say that the Cayman and Boxster is going to end up in the shop... That's kind of the same thing as the alpha or you're already used to spending that kind of money, right? Yeah. Th- so that's not a deal breaker. I, I agree. Also,
1: he's he, one of the things he wants with this, this new car coming in here is he wants it to be something he could take a road trip in and never think twice. Be like, yeah, I'll take a road trip. And he's concerned that a Cayman Boxster wouldn't survive a four-hour road trip without breaking down. I, Andrew, I'm going to, even not being the Porsche guy here, I am going to stand up and take issue because a Cayman or a Boxster with normal service is probably just going to run. Absolutely. I mean the, yes. and and I'm not taking a shot here Paul at all but your 928 is a gamble. It's yes. just a gamble. We've yes. done and we and and you probably seen it, Andrew we've done huge road trips in that car and it's been a gamble when we left the driveway it was a gamble. That's and a and you have done thousands of miles with it. Yes. The Cayman and Boxster are I I don't know another way to compare it. They're Toyota products by comparison. I agree, okay. So now yes. I will say this to you Andrew when it needs stuff it will be expensive. You will be like, why is that so much to get that part or to get that done? It will be expensive, more than you're used to. But I would take a Cayman or a Boxster of any year, right now, four hours, anywhere. You pick the direction.
0: I mean, let me put it to you this way. I have to get service on my GTS soon. Yes, I've got it scheduled. Everyone sit down. It needs spark plugs. Well, it needs a new car battery. The battery is eight years old mm-hmm. as of this point. It's the original car battery. Okay. I've All had right. it on a battery tender and I've taken care of it, but it's the original battery. Eight sure. years is pretty darn good Yeah, that is just right. for the car mm-hmm. battery alone. It needs some normal service items and mm-hmm. it's going to be expensive. But up to now, I've just changed the oil. Well, I did the brakes because I had it on track, but that was overuse for track mm-hmm. days. So the brakes were rotors and pads. It was 1800 bucks when yeah. I did them. But, you know, okay, that's what I asked for. We asked for track days and you get consumables. Yeah, true. And true, you got to pay for it. All right. But beyond that, the brakes would have been fine. And you've had the car how long? I've had it since 2016.
1: Because I do remember this. May of done 2016. Other than consumables, and I, I'll count oil as a consumable. Other yes. than things we know cars consume. Brakes, pads, tires, oil. You, you're right. This is the
0: first service I remember you ever doing. This is the major service that it needs. It's got 31,000 miles. I'm going to do the 40,000 service, not because of miles, but because of time. Sure. Okay. And just get those things done. Mm-hmm. And it's going to keep running great. I've put practically no money into this car. Mm-hmm. Into an eight-year-old Porsche. For a four hour road trip on a normally maintained car, I think you're going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, I don't think they should be. Now, I don't know if that's the answer necessarily, but I really. Sure. The big thing for you, Andrew, is I don't think those should be avoided because you are concerned about their reliability. Yeah, don't
0: count it out because mm-hmm. of that reason. Because again, if we're looking at those and then looking at Alpha Berlinas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair point. Fair not <laughs> Yeah, take a Boxster from 2005 <laughs> right? and an Alfa Berlina and let's start driving cross country and see who breaks first. Yeah, I hear, I hear <laughs> you. Yeah.
0: Well, they've had an NC generation Miata and he doesn't prefer convertibles. And then the problem with the first gen GT86 platform is that the second gen exists. Well, you're yeah. right.
1: <laughs> they did improve it. You're right.
0: So suddenly he finds himself at the dealership test driving a GR86 and mm. might put a d- deposit on one soon at MSRP. Ooh. And he says, a brand new car. Am I nuts? says the talking heads were right. As he's asking himself, how did I get here? This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. How did I get here?
1: <laughs> and then Andrew says to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk on this a little bit as well. He said he can't do pull me over blue or red in the 86. Andrew, I looked this up. I got curious. Oh, really? I got curious. And here's the interesting stat. The perception, and you're right, Andrew. The perception is bright colors get pulled over more. You know what the actual statistics are? They get pulled over equivalent to the amount of that color on the road. You know, the most commonly pulled over color? White. Mm -hmm. But you know what most cars in the U.S. are painted percentage-wise? White. Now, I will say this. Red is higher on the list than the percentage of cars on the road that are red. But the rest of the top five is all monochrome colors. It's all grayscale. White, gray, silver, black, this is your top five because that's the top five of the amount of cars in the nation that are painted that color. So it, it really, it's me and my yellow and bright blue are feeling pretty good about myself right now. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll, look, I'll get pulled over <laughs> because I did something and they'll pull me over, but not because sure. my car's a color.
0: Uh, so I'm, I'm
1: going to fight back a little bit on that, Andrew, because I don't think that just because it's a color you're going to get pulled over. The stats don't support that unless, I mean, I agree. Red is more than its percentage, but you could get a cool blue. You could get a color, but I like that. But the big thing I want to say to you, Andrew, I'm mostly just teasing you, but the big thing I want to say is as I was reading this, I thought, I wonder if the 86 is old school enough in feel for Andrew. And then you got to your list, less than 3,000 pounds, less than $35,000, and I went, yeah. And then you brought yourself around, Andrew, to driving one and went, why do I like this so much? Because, Andrew, honestly, The GR86, which, look, we like. We've talked about it. People might even argue too much. We've owned both generations. Mm -hmm. They're cars we really love. Yeah. But I, I think the 86 might be the most old school feeling driving experience being currently sold as a new car. That's a great way of putting it. It isn't as involving as a true old school car. We get sure. into our cars of the past. I get into my 300ZX or I get into my Lotus or I get into other stuff from the 90s and early 2000s. And there's definitely a level of involvement that the 86 has stepped away from. But compared to the pantheon of new cars, it's like the old school option. I totally see why you gravitated there.
0: I'm wondering if you're done with BMWs. I mean, mm, I, I love okay. the GR86. If, yeah, if yeah. you find one and you pay MSRP and you love, it, how, love how it drives, yes, we love that car. We've talked about it too much. You're right. But you're pouring your money into a professional restoration on your E21. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine what that's costing A professional restoration Mm -hmm. means they're billing you, my friend. They're billing you (laughs) by the hour and parts, and it's going to be great when it's done. But this was your high school car, so Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. This is the forever car. It's not going away, which means when it's done and you stop putting money into it, it's probably going to be just fine. It's not the project car you're looking for, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hence the Berlina hence the Alfa Romeo Berlina, and you want something to tinker and kind of work on, the Toyota's fine, it's the truck, it'll do its thing. But how about something like a Honda S2000? Okay. With a hard top.
1: You said you're not into convertibles, yeah, He's not a hard them. top
0: sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do that with a Miata too, but yeah, how about yeah. an S2000? Or a nice 1995 Toyota MR2? A nice oh, one interesting. Okay. Like stock, going. clean. You're sure. gonna pay more for it because it's eighty thousand miles in
1: perfect shape and I saw one here the other day. It was like a it was like a late nineties white one, and I'm not white, with white wheels too. I was like, Oh, good full stormtrooper. May the fourth be with you. But the the thing was I saw it <laughs> right. and I just thought when was the last time I saw a really clean one of those? It
0: was gorgeous. Just stock, no yeah. nothing to it. It's yeah, just yeah. how Toyota envisioned it. But then I came across your car. I've got your car. Okay, good. But I have to spend more m- more of the money to get it. <laughs> the good news is not a whole lot more. Okay, all right, good. Talking maybe five, six grand. How about a 2015 Alfa Romeo 4C? It's an Alfa, yeah. so it satisfies mm-hmm. your Alfa longing. It's quirky and different. You don't see Alfa 4Cs he around. He likes the
1: oddball model. I see it where you went. It is the oddball. Yeah.
0: Yet it has airbags, and it's newer. It's new enough yeah. where it'll just run. Manual steering. Non-assisted yes. steering. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I see where you are. These are forty-one to $45,000, depending mm-hmm. on year and mileage. There's not a lot in 2015 at that price. Yeah. If you want to go even newer than that, you're going to pay more. But the two I found one was 41 one was about 45000 uh, you know what it's not too as
1: much as uh, i don't like you going over the budget for his listing here i i think you deserve a pass here cuz that is a good find and it's it's within quirky. reach it's quirky
0: it's alpha it feeds it's within the alpha reach. don't it get the really berlina is. get the 4c still a cool alpha quirky different unique
1: lighter smaller more interesting Bond, than the Boxster cayman Yes. I mean, look, I'll argue all day long that the Boxster came in dynamically or superior to the 4C. Yes, I agree. But more interesting, 4C.
0: 4C. And I think it fits Andrew's kind of mantra. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's good. 4C. I mean, Andrew, I toyed around with all the Porsches. I tried to make a 968 work. I tried to justify a 914. (laughs) But he's still in old stuff. uh, Yes, but then you're still in old stuff and you, you will still have a professionally restored 1983 e21 bmw Mm -hmm. which will run great at that point you'll change the oil and you'll drive it around and it'll mostly sit Mm. because when you have that 4c in your garage you'll walk outside and be like oh yeah (laughs) let's take that (laughs) okay 4c it's an alpha all
1: right you you blew the budget but i think you did it as a master stroke honestly very well done
0: i had i had to blow up the budget to get you the car that you want
1: i i Andrew, I love the 86, and I'm going to stand on that one, but I'm going to say this. just I'm visualizing this. You open your garage, <laughs> and there's the Fiat 500E, <laughs> yes! the classic BMW, oh. and an Alpha 4C. Oh, I think that is, yeah. you can't argue with that. That's a cool-looking garage.
0: Let us know if you've got questions like both of these guys. Write to us, EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com, Topic Tuesdays, Car Conclusions, and Your Car Debates.
1: We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head
0: to powerstop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy
1: questions all over the place from you guys thank you as always there's one that came in from discord I do try to check discord every now and then that is the awesome place for our amazing patrons if you'd like to be a patron of this show you can get there actually from the, uh, the home page of our everydaydriver.com website you can actually hit the patron button there and the, the main thing that you get the first thing everybody gets is access to our discord server where friendships have been made I, we haven't had a marriage yet but we it feels like it friendships have been made people have met become I mean, best friends kinda
0: Andrew and Michelle like, they were already involved they were already but, but you right. a Still, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: they invited people from discord. I mean, that's it, true. It's a thing. That's true. Uh, road trips have happened. I mean, it's a really, really cool community. And so there's a lot of questions and, and conversations that go on there that Paul and I aren't even a part of. And then there's ones that we are. And I was on there and I saw Goomba who drives a C6. I know who that is, but I'm going to stay with it. He said a question <laughs> for us. Given the chance to option and swap out digital screens for old school gauges and a fully analog gauge cluster and center stack on a new car, what new cars would we do it to? You've got so, something? Changing the question a little bit. Okay. I think that the 86 was better with analog gauges.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did like the analog gauges. Yeah, okay,
1: good. I think that the Alpha 4C should have nothing digital in it whatsoever. Right. Agreed. Because it has a little screen in it and stuff. That, that, that shouldn't okay. have anything yeah. in it. I mean, I, here's the thing. I like, I, I've seen it. Jason Kamisa has it, the the iPad screen digital dash in his Elise, and it is very cool. And it is more exact than the gauges, but I love the gauges and the Elise. That I just really, really like those, which makes me think Supra. Mm. Would be interesting with gauges, wouldn't it? To actually have clocks spinning that would be in the cool. dash of you're the right, Supra would right. be very, very nice. And I think uh, maybe maybe even the Corolla, the GR Corolla.
0: That could be interesting. They could integrate that. And then that. that, I'm
1: thinking about what's the, the Civic Type R, the brand new one we just drove. Uh, what about a non-screen environment in that guy? Because because it's a, it's car, fo- I mean it's driver focused anyway. It's not about screens. I mean you don't have heated seats even.
0: Everybody's gonna bring their phone and that becomes the screen. I, I'm kind of waiting till screens go away completely again because <laughs> you just use your phone.
1: We're all wearing the the head implant with a thing hovering above our eye that gets us onto the internet Seriously, while we drive. It's yeah, this it's giant
0: cycle. It's there were no screens for the longest time and those cars are very sought after. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. then we went to like bad screens and uh-huh. the pixels died like in your fate. <laughs> and the yes. interface was like Atari. The and, or,
1: the orange 8-bit dots in old BMWs, yes. if you have an odometer that has all the dots, sell it now before something burns out it's because like, that's worth money. You had to use tape backup
0: to restore your data. And then, yes. And then the screens got better and then it was just the screen and now people are going away from the Teslas to add more screens and now the screens are starting to shrink again and maybe we go <laughs> back to no screens. You got your phone, just set it right there in the holder where it's designed for your phone just use that as we're
1: talking about it bmw all of their their screens now they've gone to this weird kind of like hexagonal screen it's this it's this oblong angled shape right yeah yeah and so the as a result of that they have the edges of the screen one edge the left edge is the speedo that goes around clockwise yeah yeah yeah, the right edge is the tack that goes around counterclockwise BMW should have gauges. They just have, to have gauges. BMW I just have those, They yeah. Maybe not even on all their cars, but there should be gauges in a BMW.
0: An excellent question from Geese1RBM, mm. who says, What are some cars that made a big splash when they were first introduced, but now they're largely forgotten? Oh, I have three. Uh, this, this is I've good. got a list, okay, baby. Good, good, good. I divided this into some fairly new and recent cars. Oh, you threw, you threw down here. And then I went to some old cars. How about the Nissan Z? I haven't seen one. Well, also, They're new. Hang on. I'll specifically give you this. The, the, the Where's new, the new Nissan Z? The people have trouble
1: getting, but I'll, I'll go one they? further. The 350. Now, the 350 is sure. a known commodity. They sure. show at track days. But remember, the 300ZX was killed in the late 90s. Yeah. yeah. And then they introduced the new one was coming in the early 2000s. And I remember when that dropped, 03 or so, 03 or 04, the, the concept car, everyone was talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: that was the that was the darling of the car industry was the fact that the 350 Z existed it was and initially good sales but now we've gone 350 into 370 which is a revision of the 350 and now the Z which is the 400z that isn't even really out yet but that 350 was such a
0: splash yeah and then yeah, a couple yeah. years in it was like oh yeah they still make those don't they yeah even the new Z it's sort of like I huge demand the new Z is back everyone. Mm-hmm. Where are they? hmm How about the Ford Bronco Raptor? I mean, Ford Broncos in general. I see them mm-hmm. around. Everybody's like, yep, we got our Broncos mm-hmm. now. Crickets. <laughs> okay. The Cadillac Lyric. Splashy Lyric. Yeah. Eh. Okay, all right. The Dodge Demon 170. That was just announced weeks ago. Nobody can afford it. Well, but nobody's going to take it to the track. Hopefully, they will. They're announced. There's also this lag time between new car being announced.
1: That is a real problem. Then it comes
0: out, but then once it does come out, like the Nissan Z, and it's Mm -hmm. available, where where is it? Where are they? Mm, Interesting. The second generation Acura NSX. Splashy splash splash. McSplash.
1: Ten years in the making. NSX. Yeah.
0: One burned down on the side of the ring, so it was back in the news, and then they're out. And that's a good point. That one is they? a good point. Yeah. And of course, any hot sports car that's suddenly marked up like crazy at dealerships. Everybody's suddenly like forgotten about it. <laughs> I'll go over here. And also in the new category, the Audi R8. Hey, the R8. All uh, right. Yeah.
1: Interesting. I have two others I want to bring up. That Are they, when are they, they new first, or old? They're older. When okay. they first dropped, I feel like it's all the car industry was talking about. One of them is the Chevy Volt.
0: Chevy Volt, When the Chevy
1: Volt first came out, it was like, whoa, what is this now? How does it work? What's going on? Because the Prius was a known commodity, and GM had made the EV1 back in the 90s. Yeah. And when the Volt came out, it was was different hybrid thinking. It was Chevy of all people, and it got all kinds of press. And a year in, you could buy them for, like, the change in your wallet. Okay?
0: (laughs) Okay. To piggyback off that one, I had the 2013 to 2016 Cadillac ELR on my sure, list. Sure.
1: Yeah, because it's the same tech. It's the Cadillac Volt. That is the forgotten. That is the stealth luxury hybrid purchase because they're they're worth nothing now. The
0: base price of those was $75,000. It was all
1: wrong. And the marketing was literally It was just this guy that was talking about being a captain of industry with more money knew what to do with. And so this is my car, which I thought was a really weird marketing ploy.
0: Production total was just under 3,000 cars for the ELR. Uh And if you want to buy one now, I'm sure people will pay you to take it away. They're
1: surprisingly affordable. But yeah, that's that's a great one.
0: massive failure,
1: in my opinion. But the Volt was everywhere. The ELR was at least like a, what'd you do now? The Volt was everywhere.
0: Volt was everywhere. It was a big splash. But then the ELR, like, hey, let's capture that lightning in a bottle. And nope. One other one I thought of
1: that when it first came out, this is inside the the history of the show as well, but when it first came out, it's all every journalist could talk about. It's all everyone that talked to us could talk about. Jaguar F-Type. Oh, F-type. Okay, sure. Sure. The F-type sure. was like ah, oh, Jaguars back. Not that they'd really been anywhere, but everybody's like, oh my gosh, yeah. Jaguars back. Jaguar actually pulled out an E-type and had an E-type next to the F-type at the press launch. There was all this discussion. They offered it with a manual transmission. They had a fantastic marketing campaign about the F-types available with a manual. There's all these versions. The F-type's amazing. Everybody was fawning all over it. Even though it wasn't ever hailed as like the best dynamics ever, everybody was like, this is fun to drive. All the way to me, the first time I drove one, I was like, this is great fun to drive. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Where are they? I'm not sure.
0: And, and by the way, you can still buy them. Yeah, that's true. They're actually on the second generation right now. Well, in the old cars category, remember in 2005 when the Chrysler 300 was introduced? Yeah. Holy cow. That was the car for SEMA. Uh-huh. Snoop Dogg proclaimed it as the car. That's now the cheap Bentley. Everybody's going to mod. You're right. You're right. Everybody was all over the 300. They sold a ton of them. And do you even think about 300s now? They're gone. They're largely forgotten now. You remember the fantastic,
1: honestly one of the best I've seen, the fantastic recent marketing campaign for the revitalized Dodge Dart. That's a good one. The marketing campaign was literally like all of the enthusiasts like sat up and took notice like what is this? You threw out the lawyers, you threw out the marketing folks, you went back to car driving. It was it was genius marketing that, that suggests dodge is about to drop dodge who at that point and still now was flying high with big huge sedans nobody else was selling that had yeah. attitude and feel and it was like yeah. those folks have made a small car and then it came out and we all went yeah let's move on to else.
0: <laughs> okay let's stick with dodge how about the plymouth prowler oh yeah the pontiac fiero and pontiac solstice i so wish they'd done better and survived How about the 02 to 05 Ford Thunderbird? The Thunderbird's back, everybody. Yawn. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Okay. The Volkswagen new Beetle.
1: That was a phenomenon when it came out.
0: Phenomenon.
1: That that was one of the first cars (laughs) that I can remember, okay, in the modern time that had no business being marked up and it had one year wait lists and huge markups. For people to buy
0: a Beetle. A Beetle. Okay, here's one. It's back to the brand new category, newish, the 2020 Ford Mustang GT500. Sure. We all remember the Mm GT350, great, amazing car. We also like the Mach 1. Everybody still remembers the Mach 1. Yep. The new Mustang is in production now and it's coming, the seventh generation. But the GT500. 760 horsepower. This thing is a monster. Yeah, It it, should be supposed to be a world beater by all specs. The car that everybody wants it. Mm -hmm. I can't stop talking about nobody remembers the GT 500. They're tucked away in garages. Mm. They've got low miles on them. Nobody Mm. drives them. You barely see them at track days. Everybody's tracking the GT 350 or a boss (laughs) from 10 years ago or something else. Yeah. 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 GT 500. That thing's a monster. I mean, Mm. it's, it's designed to kill people. Is it not? (laughs) Yes. And then, uh, let's see, finally, the Shelby Cobra concept from 2004. Yeah. Yeah. Big splash, the Cobra. The Cobra name. It's back. You know it's back back for sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see Marvin's question on Instagram? I'm curious your take on this. He says, do we think it's cheating for taillight design to extend into the trunk versus being molded and stopping at the shut line of the trunk shape? And he brings up two examples. The the G70, which actually the lights stop at the trunk. They have the wing-looking lights and they stop at the trunk line. Or the Stinger, which goes from the edges of the, the rear
0: quarter panels across into the trunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think it's cheating. On one condition, okay. that they light up. <laughs> They're just <laughs> Seriously.
1: Cl- clear red Lego plastic. It didn't work. That's there a good are point.
0: cars that are just the clear plastic to make That's the shape. Good it's like, you didn't wire the... There's no bulb, there's no LED, there's no (laughs) nothing back there. Okay, point taken. Come on, that's cheating. But go way back to the mid-90s and look at the Lexus GS300. It had the separate light Mm. actually molded into that trunk lid. It was Mm. another design element. So it was very deliberate to make that back end look that way. Mm. That was unnecessary, really. They didn't need to go that far, but it was an entirely separate lighting assembly and then making the trunk integrate that—that's extra work and time. Back in the days when Lexus, like each individual thing, was had its own shape and cut out, and you know, <laughs> it was great, uh, sure. But uh, but at this point, yes, Only cheating. It doesn't light up. That's
1: good. John on Facebook says this is kind of related as well. What do we think about the build quality of modern vehicles? He's asking specifically about the Jeep Grand Cherokee Tesla, L we just drove. What are we talking about? But he's just saying, "Do we? who do we think builds the best all-around vehicles in the market today? John, I think some of the very best out there, because we know they have massive longevity, is Lexus. They build True. on top of what Toyota does, which is good, and then they refine it even further. You were just talking about some, how detailed they get in some of their designs. But yeah. the truth is, if you get into a 100,000-mile Lexus product... It still feels really well screwed together. We drive. Look, everything we drive that's a press car has less than ten thousand miles on it. If any of them have quality issues at ten thousand miles, it is wholly unexcusable. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'll tell you. 99% 99% of them have no build issues. None. Zero. It's, it's a new car. Y- yeah, and it's beat okay. on by people, but it's still a new car. So so, yeah. so very rarely do we find any issues with anything new we drive. And it's one of the, the comments I find funny on YouTube. People are like, well, can you speak to the longevity? No. I have no idea. The car's got 4,000 miles on it. I can't speak to that. It's when you buy the used ones at 100,000 that you know. And this I'll give you the greatest example. When We bought our old cheap sedans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Neither one of us bought a Lexus LS. Yeah, right. Because we knew it would be boring. It would work. There's no story It would be there. fine. Yeah. The fact that I bought a $5,000 Phaeton from Florida, and you put a you put a Forte in, on a broke. credit card in Vegas. I mean, there was story already, okay? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that's the thing. So Lexus is way up there. Uh, Mercedes went through some doldrums in the early 2000s. They yeah. were great in the 90s. They went through some doldrums. I think they're back now. The problem is, the same problem that has plagued uh, Range Rover and others, you put so much cutting-edge technology on their cars that it's not necessarily a build quality issue. It's just technology that can break. It's cutting-edge, like mm-hmm. edge of, of sure. creativity discussion, and that's the stuff that breaks. When you have simple, that's the stuff that doesn't break. But the luxury manufacturers typically don't build simple.
0: Sure, and, and that just manifests itself in choices about, let's say, a, a small gear within a motor mm-hmm. to do an operation if you decide, well, let's make that out of nylon or some other Delrin or plastic or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. well, sure, you're kind of asking for gear slippage or that'll break or it'll become brittle mm-hmm. or something. But, but it's if, saving us five cents on every car. Sure, but if it's machined or if it's cast, mm-hmm. okay, well, now it's, what is that costing over time? And, and yeah. that's more of a supplier issue about sure, sure. You know, supplying all those kinds of things. So it also comes down to engineering and the kind of mechanism that is engineered. If it's just a simple thing and it just works in a simple way, Mm -hmm. sure it has a better chance of lasting longer therefore implying better build quality but if it's a very complex expensive thing to do a function that's a very nice to have thing usually found on luxury cars even though i do think german cars are very well built Mm -hmm. like you said there's a lot of crazy tech or new functionality Mm -hmm. or it's got to work in and do so many different things that You're kind of asking for it in years to come after so many cycles of repeated use.
1: And I think that, uh, you know, I'll defend Porsche for a second here. I think Porsche actually is one that is some of the better build quality as well. Even among the Germans, I think Porsche is way up there. They still suffer from this technology problem. If you buy the latest, greatest Porsche with the most tech, it's the upper level one. It's the Turbo S of whatever, whether yeah. it has turbos or it's electric. The uh, the reality mm-hmm. is that that's so cutting edge that stuff's going to break. But as I've seen with my first of two Cayens, I just thought I'd go there first before you went, Paul. Uh, the, the Simple simple, <laughs> with the past, totally. now, simple with a Porsche product. the past Simple with a Porsche product is actually well-built enough that it is quite robust. The problem is when stuff breaks, it's now expensive. It just doesn't randomly yeah. break.
0: Yeah. Waleed well, Z says different engines have their signature power delivery hallmarks, like a VTEC or a naturally aspirated v- V8 or a twin-turbo V6. Mm-hmm. So why can't you program an electric car to deliver deliver power in that style? Mm. And then maybe tomorrow you choose a different style to run in. Well, certainly. I, I think... Car manufacturers are going to have to start getting creative like that and differentiating it, but you know they're going to want to add sound to it. So today mm-hmm. you chose the very screaming V12, the small yeah. displacement V12, yeah, yeah. and then Beep tomorrow you can have the VTEC. Okay, sure. Uh, I suppose that's a selling point, but there's just nothing like the real thing. Well, and I also think
1: maybe I'm wrong here, but I, but I feel like okay. Let me give to you this example. We all moved. From film cameras mm-hmm. to digital cameras. Yeah. yeah. And now pick your program. You can add grain back in. We're adding grain.
0: Uh, as you're shooting, or is no, that in no. post-production? In post. You can add oh, grain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Why, 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 why would we do that? Why would we make the, we got a really crisp, crisp, pristine image. Why are we making it worse? Why are we adding a feature that was a feature of the analog version, which is cool.
0: The after effect. To try to make
1: the digital look like the analog. I've always thought that was really strange in post. It exists in video. I mean, production as well. It's a video production thing as well, and that's that's difficult. You're not playing to the element's strengths. One of the biggest strengths of electric cars is the fact that the power delivery is perfectly smooth. And one of the things that's yeah, and I say that because do I think somebody could take an electric car and make it feel like the power delivery is coming from a five cylinder? Probably, but I think it'd feel weird no matter what the sound is, it'd be like, why is, is something wrong? Did the programming break? Is there is there something with the code? Yeah. You'd be like, I don't think that's right, even though I do think, and so I think where it does land, to your point, Paul, is it's going to be choose your sound, but the yeah. delivery is going to be silky smooth because if the delivery stutters at all, we think it's broken.
0: Yeah, just punch that steampunk setting and it'll, you know it'll it. change the car's dynamics. to the, <laughs> No. Waleed, I think the best thing is to have EVs deliver power consistently all the way to low battery range because Tesla <laughs> says that that they don't, but there's many companies that will back off on the power delivery the less range you have left, the less battery capacity you have left, which is a problem because you're not expecting it and you're counting on it in mm-hmm. a driving situation. Mm-hmm. I need all that power. Yes, I'm aware it's going to send me down to 2% range, but you know what? I'd rather have that power now to get away from the something that might cause an accident I need Mm. that power. It needs to be consistent. Maybe it's an option where you deliberately choose that function and you know that's what you can count on your car. I think it needs to be consistent because most aren't.
1: You're talking about low power mode and you're reminding me of one of my favorite things you ever said about electric cars, which is Apollo 13-ing your way home. Which yes. is true, because if you have a limited amount of power and you think you might make it to your charger at your house or wherever. And, th- and this is, look, this is not a slide on electric cars in existence. It's a slide on the infrastructure and the ability to get that range back. You've got to go to some big heavy-duty charger or your house, and if you don't know if you're going to make it, you are sitting in the cabin. I don't need heated seats. I can put my jacket back on. Let's make it cold. Exactly. I'm going to turn off the radio. No more music. Um, let me see. Maybe if I if I put it back in eco mood and I, and I don't really – I'll just put it on, on cruise control and I won't touch it at all uh, – Oh look, my range didn't drop. One more mile.
0: I mean, I know a lot of the accessories run off the 12 volt battery. I I know that, but still, like. But you are you're sitting just, there turning you're things off, tiptoeing. It, like, it is Apollo 13 like just crazy. Feather the throttle. I think people will either feather their throttles like like that with the EVs <laughs> and just tiptoe around, and so everybody's going to be driving super slow, we need to or get... they're going to throw caution to the wind, and they're going to be light speed rocket ships. Everywhere. I want to see Gary Sinise mode where he
1: just pops up dressed as Ken Mattingly and tries to talk you in.
0: That's great. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a hologram on your dash. <laughs> and he just talks you in like calculates the remaining range. You're going to have to remember where on the map you are because we can't <laughs> use nav anymore.
1: Thank you guys for joining us. We've had so much fun on this podcast. We always do. We love having you guys with us. Please remember, we ask for questions on Mondays and Thursdays for our podcasts that release on Tuesdays and Fridays. And on Wednesday, we do our test drive audio stuff that is pulled from our test drive video channel. We have two video channels, if you don't know that already. We have road trips. We have all kinds of stuff coming up, and we can't wait for more. Please send in your car debates or your Topic Tuesdays, or your random, like, hey, guys, have you seen this? That goes to Everyday Driver TV at Gmail, or there's a contact form on our website. If you have a question, that's what social media is for, and we're excited to be with you again.
0: That's right. Don't forget this Sunday, May 7th, 2023, the new car drops. Here it comes. Original channel. Thank you, guys. Cheers, everyone.